Sunday, yeah, last Sunday. That, that's the day it was. I was talking to Keith, and he was asking me how it went and everything, and I told him it went good, but my words were, but I don't have to do it again for a long time. And he just got real quiet. In other words, he didn't tell me about today until then, you know. Well, actually, he didn't even tell me. He just got real quiet. And then Mike texts and says, you do realize you have to do next Sunday. And I'm like, what? So anyway, y'all are stuck with me again today. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll make it through, right? Yes, yes, yes. So um, in doing this, um, I wanted to stop just a minute. Put up, if you can, guys, Rachel and Ethan's two babies. I don't ask permission. I just do stuff. I don't think they'll mind. See these two? They were born almost two months early, and they are perfectly healthy. I wanted to take just a minute and tell how wonderful it was. Rachel was pregnant. She works for me at, with Jordan at the house and stuff. She didn't miss any work up until the day that they, were, she put, they put her in the hospital that they were born, basically. And so that's just miraculous, you know. And so, uh, I mean, they are healthy. They are strong. Ethan, stand up. He's here. Look at that's Daddy. And so everybody that's wanted to ask them questions, how they're doing, they are doing extremely well. They passed all their baby tests. They're doing so, so well. They're swaddling them and all this stuff. They're just teenitsy. Like Colt is like three pounds. Yeah, so he's, he's itsy bitsy. But they're doing extremely well. So if you have any questions, I'll save you all the questions. They're great. Yes, yes, and Mommy's doing great, too, so in case anybody has any questions. All right, so then and go on to another thing. I was brought up, I think it was last week or the time I spoke about it before, me having the joy of prison ministries. How many of you know somebody or have family members or have a close friend or that's in prison? Just be honest, I'm, you know, you know. You know, I, I, my nephew just got out. Somebody helped me not long ago, you know. And so we've had people, that, relatives and stuff, that have had, you know, seem like they just do stupid stuff. It's just stupid when they're young and then they're stuck in there for decades, you know. So anyway, we had this gentleman. Um, I'm really not even sure how he got in contact with Keith's material, but he was in prison. And uh, there's a, a, a police officer in the back. Wave your hand if you're listening. How many poli- people you see do stupid stuff all the time? <laughs> Just stupid stuff, right? Yeah, and wind up in prison, you know. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't love on them, you know. And so this gentleman got out, and um, um, he uh, got a hold of Keith's stuff. And he contacted Dave and um, he wanted to start taking stuff back into the prisons. And so, I mean, it's strong on his heart. We've got a few of them like that. But this one I thought you'd enjoy seeing. We've got a couple of pictures of it. And so uh, you guys can put those pictures up. Um, this is the prison. Go ahead. Let me see. I'll have to look. His favorite, I think that's the book, um, Do Yourself No Harm. Yes. That's one of his favorite books to give out. And he's giving them out, you can see, by the boxfuls in these prisons. And then the other one is God Loves Me. 
Those are like his two favorite books. But he said his favorite series was, um, let me look, Dave told me, I don't want to tell you wrong. Dave's, Dave's saying it out loud over there. I can, I can hear him now. I can hear him now. Um, his favorite DVD is, guess what? Not Guilty. <laughs> I should have remembered that. I should have remembered that. But anyway, um, is that all the pictures? But, um, uh, he, yeah, it's, it's a big prison and he's given them out. But this just thrills my soul because um, these people need the word too, you know. And uh, there's some of them in there, you know, that just love the Lord. And uh, maybe some of them don't want to change, but some of them do, you know. And the Lord said, you know, we read it last week about when I was in prison, what? You visited me. And I want us to visit them in some way or another. So uh, we're doing that there. Is that the last one? So, you know, as you run out of things to pray for, pray for some of these people in the prisons and stuff around, you know. And, and uh, if you get it on your heart and it's something that really, really is on your heart, let us know because uh, it's on my heart, you know, because some of these people need ministering too. So, um, all right, you ready to get into the Word? Yes. All right, we'll start with our verse. We're going to stay on the other that we were teaching on just a little bit, but we're going to go a little bit different direction with it, and I think you'll understand. Uh, 1 Peter 4, King James, and I don't have... Okay, last week, so you know, I had 10 pages of notes. Today, I basically have one page and a big, bold print on another page. So, y'all can see that it's going to be a little bit different today. All right, um, 1 Peter 4, King James, verse 10. Y'all should know it by now. As every man has received what? The gift or a gift. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Keep going. If any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. All right, and um, let's see. Then 1 Timothy says this. Then we're going to do some other stuff. 1 Timothy 4, 14 in the King James. We read these, but I just want to review for you real quickly. You should mark these in your Bible. It says, what? What's the first word? Neglect not. Neglect not. So what, what does that mean to you? Okay, these ten people's got it. Now, what about the rest of y'all? Y'all know how this works with me. I need help. Please help. Okay, so what? What, is it, what does neglect not mean? Don't not do it. Exactly. That means do it, right? It means we need to not set it aside, it means we need to do it. Neglect not the gift that's in thee, which was given on, which was given thee by the prosperity or prophecy and the laying on of hands by the prosperity or however you want to say that word. <laughs> yeah, it's not a word we use often. Meditate upon these things and give yourself wholly to them, 
that your profiting may appear to all. So in other words, your growing up spiritually should begin to appear to all. Your growing up spiritually shouldn't just be hidden in a closet. Everybody around you should be able to tell that you've grown up spiritually. Let's go over here because they're getting it. Let's see. You're growing up spiritually. Everybody should be able to tell it, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. She's so pretty. All right. All right. So if we're growing up, we should be able to tell it, right? Everybody around us should be able to tell it. All of our fleshy stuff should be able to what? Be going away. Be going away. She got it. She gets the prize. Y'all, y'all think y'all are going to get out of it today, but I got news for you. Today's going to be a little bit different. It's when we grow up, you know, the Bible talks about kids growing up. And when kids grow up, what do you start seeing in them? It's not always in mine. Right? They start to share and they start to see the importance of being, you know, friendly with everybody and not just biting everybody. How many of your parents told you bit when you were little? I didn't. My sister bit me, so I was... She's watching. Yeah, you did. She knows it. So anyway... But when we grow up, we start to change things about ourselves, you know, and quit being selfish and thinking about ourselves. But what that takes is steps. We don't change overnight. We just start taking steps and changing, you know. And when you get saved, you've heard me say this before, your spirit man gets saved, but your flesh, it don't get saved. It has to get renewed by the washing of the Word over your body. You keep hearing the Word, and it keeps washing this flesh. And it's almost like sometimes some people's flesh needs washing more than others. (laughs) I'm telling you, it does. It says the Word will wash your flesh. Well, some people's flesh is more stubborn than other people's flesh. Have you ever had kids? How many of you have kids? Some kids are so calm and subdued, and you never have to correct them. How many of you have found that? And the same people that have kids, the other kid, it's like you're having to correct them every ten minutes. Do you understand? How many of you have had two kids? Raise both hands. And it's been that way. It's like, yeah. And uh, it's like, one, you're having to watch everything they do, and the other one, you're not. It's the same way with adults. You're one of those kids that mama had to correct every five minutes. <laughs> you never grew out of it. But there is a way to grow out of it. You just wash more with the Word. It just takes a little bit more Word with you. Amen. That's all. It takes a little bit more Bible with you. It takes a little bit more of not yielding to the flesh with you. Some people may get it a little bit sooner, but that don't mean you can't get it. And here's the thing that I have learned. 
those people end up being more fireballs for God than the ones that were subdued. Because they, a lot of times, will have a fire in them and they don't want to shut up. And once they get it, man, they got it. And you can't talk them out of it. And they're going to win the world for the Lord. You'll see it a lot of times. It happens a lot of times. So, anyways, so it says, let your profiting appear to all. The only way you can profit is by getting yourself washed with the Word. Okay? And if you don't know where these verses are, I was thinking this week, I'll get off track here just a minute, but that's okay. I'm doing it. How many of you read your chapters this week? Okay, so you'll know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, you can go back and read it later. Catch up. How many of you read how detailed... I stopped Keith and I said, can we stop just a second? I said, would you please explain to me? I said, the Bible says, let the wives ask their husbands at home. I said, so I'm going to ask you this at home. I said, can you please explain to me why God cares so much about a table on the earth? Can y'all explain it? Huh? It's holy. Anybody else? Huh? Representative of what's in heaven. Anybody else? I told y'all it's going to be different today. Huh? Excellence. Type of Jesus. Come on, y'all ready? Did you get anything out of it? Over here. Follow his instructions. Obedience. Belongs to God. Lots of good answers. Why did God care about the millimeters and the exact materials? Preciseness. I mean, you read it chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter and cared about their clothes and cared about... Every single thing. Now that's a table. How much more? Does he care about how you look? Then he cares about how a table looks. You were created in His what? And His likeness. Does He care about how you look and how you act and what you do? If He took chapters and chapters and chapters to explain how a table and a room is supposed to look, I think we get off sometimes, guys. That's just my two cents for today. Because we read that this week. I think sometimes... We, we just pretend like things don't matter to the Lord. But we might want to check it out again. And as you're reading those things, if he deals with you about something, you might want to say, does that matter to you, Lord? 
Does what I'm doing about that matter to you, Lord? That's one of those steps about the washing of the Word. Steps where He can wash us and He can bring us up. Bring us out of some of the stuff that we're in. Okay. So, I put this down because I think you'll understand it because I just was talking about it the other day. I don't know if Keith would like it because it's not scriptural. But I think you'll like it. Serving God is like sugar cravings. You know, I told you the other day Jordan got me hooked on sugar. (laughs) When I couldn't eat anything, she brought in a bunch of sugar. And I couldn't drink through a straw. People said, well, why didn't you? I got questions. Why didn't you drink smoothies through a straw? Because they would just fall right out. Oh, yeah. Serving God is like sugar cravings. I've seen it. The more you serve God, the more you want to serve God. The more you get addicted to studying about God, the more you want to study about God. The more you spend time with Him, the more you want to spend time with Him. He says, deep calls unto deep. He says, you hunger after me, and you'll be what? Filled. And what happens is, the devil does all that he can do to keep us from serving him. Because the more he can do that, the less we want to be close to him. Because he knows that's where our answers are. He knows that's where we're going to get our victories. He knows that's where we're going to get free. He knows that's where you're going to get that answer for your kid that's going ballistic. He knows that's where it's coming from. So he'll try his best to keep you from doing that. Let's go on. All right. So we talked about, just a second, about the gifts. And we talked about everybody having one. But this is what I want to get into a little bit today. And I touched on it a couple of times, but I didn't get to talk to you about it. The gifts of God... I had somebody call me the other day, and um, it was a younger person, and they had been in youth group with me before, and um, they said, I had this dream the other night, and I won't tell you who it was. It was a pretty private thing, and um, he said, I dreamed that I was ministering to people in a large crowd, and they were falling out, and people were getting healed. He said, what do you think about that? Now, that's a smart youth. What do you think about that? I said, it sounds like God to me. I said, but, like Brother Hagin told us, don't try to make it happen. Let it happen. And I said, you're young. I said, let God take you through the steps. Amen. I'm quite sure that's your future, that the Lord's going to use you. Thank you Jesus. I said, but you have to start here to get here. Right. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And what happens so many times with people in their lives, they want this, but they're unwilling to do this. 
They want the nice cars or the new houses or, or the victories in their bodies or the, or the kids that are doing good or the healing in their bodies or, or whatever it is that they need or that they want, but they're unwilling to even do the first. It's just like somebody wants to lose 10 pounds, but they're unwilling to give up the sugar. Or they're unwilling to walk a half a mile. Oh, I can't. But what they don't realize is that very can't is what's keeping you from doing what you should be able to do. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to start where you are. And, and if you don't have any money to give... You remember Brother Kenneth said, what did he do? Does anybody remember? He put a pencil in. You've got to take a step to start being able to even recognize where your gift will be in the future. Now, I'm going to tell you about ours in a few minutes, okay? But I thought it would be good for you to hear from somebody else instead of just me today. So I've asked Devin to come up here. Come on, Dev. I'm going to sit right over here and let him talk for just a minute. Grab you a microphone and tell how you came to be. Here's two up here. Um, tell how you came to be with us and how you've put up with me for 20 years. <laughs> well, um, you know, back in probably 99, I would, you know, attended Rama, And uh, when I went there, I didn't even know who, you know, Brother Moore was. I think I may have read like an article in, in uh, BVOV. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't even know really who Brother Moore was, but I had ended up uh, taking a job at uh, a telemarketer of all places and uh, sat, next down, sat down next to this guy, became good friends. Well, it was uh, his older brother was on staff, Steve Pollard. And um, I was probably at that place for maybe a month. It was like after we met, that's all I needed was, you know, they I actually I got fired because I didn't perform well or whatever. But anyways... <laughs> Did he miss it going to work for a telemarketer? Why? Because it was the connection. And so, uh, you know, so, um, you know, moving forward, you know, attended Rama, and uh, upon graduation, you know, became friends with, actually became friends with Steve as well, and we hung out, hung out with several of the staff members as well at, at for More Life Ministries at the time. And, and, um, uh, and so afterwards, you know, graduated Rama. Was praying, you know, spend you know, spend nights praying, and I felt like, you know, um, I needed to learn, you know, graphics. That God was giving me a graphics, uh, or not graphics, an artistic gift. And uh, at the time, you know, I kind of went to high school, and I was like, I always thought graphics, well, you know, or, or art. I'm like, you know, well, there's not much money in it. There's not much of a career. And uh, but anyways, you know, I just felt impressed. Actually, he he said, you know, my uh, my power is made perfect in your weakness. And I was like, well, that's, you know, I, I, I don't feel very artistic. And so I took a step, took, uh, got graphic or took graphic arts classes and started volunteering for another ministry at the time, just making graphic covers for them. And, and, um, how strong was that witness that you needed to do graphics? Um, did it was, beat you over the head, or you just kind of felt like that was something you were supposed to do? This felt like it was something I was supposed to do. It wasn't super strong, but it was, um, you know, I knew I needed to take a, a step, and it was something I just, I felt just like a knowing on the inside okay. um, that I needed to, you know, uh, 
you know, that God was, that God had given me a creative ability. And so I just, you know, stepped, you know, stepped forward with that and, and took steps, went to like night school and at a, a technical college there and just took, you know, just simple graphic arts class on Photoshop and, and other things. And, you know, helped out another ministry and, um, you know, moving forward, you know, um, was it Steve called me one time and actually it was, it was actually, we, we, we went to, anytime brother Moore was in town, we would go to the service. And, uh, I was like, man, I really enjoyed, you know, his ministry. And, uh, it was, I think, uh, it was a morning. I think most church, I think it was a blizzard that came through, but he was at guts church that morning. And, uh, we'd been hanging out with the staff and all this. And, and that morning, you know, we were sitting with them and I was sitting, I think close to, close to the staff. And that's when they announced that, that, that they're starting a church. And I'm like, what, you know, and we've been hanging around the staff and they didn't even say a word the whole time. You know, it was, it was kind of fun, you know, kind of funny, you know, and we're like, wow, you know, that was completely unexpected. Well, about a couple of weeks later, she calls me up and says, Hey, we're, we're needing to do a newspaper article, uh, for the, uh, for the ministry, for the church starting, you know, can you do it? And I was like, well, sure. And then about two minutes later, I think you called and said, hey. Well, didn't you come up before that? Didn't you help Steve move? Well, no, that was after. That was after? That was okay. after. So uh, I did a newspaper article, or I, I, I built a, uh, I came into this, this office, and about two hours later, I emailed Mrs. Moore, and she never met me. And I, I sent her the, the article, and she called me up and said, Devin, are you looking for a job? And I'm like, yes yes and yes and um and and so and and the the rest of the staff was floored because usually at that point you're serving for like three or four years you know on staff or i mean as a volunteer before they even hired anybody so right. it was it was it was a god thing obviously um looking forward but um of course you know at the time i'm going to rama and i've got ministry in my heart i want to do ministry i want to you know preach and and all this stuff and and um you know, I, I didn't want to forsake that, you know, because I felt that, you know, at, at one point I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And uh, um, so when I came on staff, or when I came and finally met Mrs. Moore, we talked, and she's like, well, I'm, I'm going to hire you as a, as, a, as a graphic artist, and, and, you know, we'll talk about the, the youth stuff later. And, and um, um, you know, moving forward, um, you know, I, I did help out with youth ministry, and I, and I still I love youth. I, you know, I, I enjoy you know, kind of, you know, mentoring and, and, and helping them. But ultimately, you know, I ended up growing into other things. Ultimately, and you told me you didn't want to help with youth anymore. Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, Cassie helped me, but you didn't. Correct. Yes. So, you know, it was, um, so I helped with that, but, um, kind of going with what Ms. Moore said just a little bit ago, um, she talked about how, um, you know, don't force your way into into it when Lord gives you something. Well, you know, as I was on staff and I was I was helping, you know, with graphics, uh, I was, you know, I was praying. You know, I, you know, this is when I was still single. I was praying. I'd spend nights. You know, what else do you do? You just, you know, you're sitting there, you know, and, and at home. And so I just pray in the spirit. Just pray, you know, Lord, you know, uh, pray your plan out for my life. What am I supposed to do? You know, I'm still at the ministry, but I still felt like there was, you know, more, obviously. And um, I was driving along, and, and I knew that they were looking into TV stuff, and um, I felt in my heart I was going to be over the TV ministry. Now, I didn't say that to anybody. You know, right. um, it wasn't my place. Um, but I knew I was supposed to start learning. And so I went to, I think it was Country Mart. And of all the places, I mean, this is in Branson, um, 
you know, there wasn't like a lot of, you know, bookstores or resources. The internet wasn't really as big of a thing, you know, at that point. I mean, we had a little bit of internet, but I just, I didn't have it. Um, so I went and I found Video Maker Magazine. And they had it there on the shelf. I picked it up. I still don't, to this day, don't know if I really got anything from it, but it was a step. And uh, eventually I would, you know, go up to Springfield, go to a bookstore there, read, um, find other books on 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 this, and I just felt like I, you know, was supposed to continue to learn. And uh, still didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell Mrs. Moore. I didn't tell Brother Moore. I didn't tell anybody, even on staff. I just would continue just to learn and do what I knew best, you know, to learn and and, and grow. And um, uh, I think it was, uh, I think you brought me in at one point and and said, Devin, we want you to start working with TV, start looking, researching. And that's why I did. And then Brother Moore called me and said, Devin, we want you over the, the TV ministry. And I'm like, you know, yes, sir. You know, I think it was one of my, my first meeting I think I ever had with him. And uh, uh, it was, a, you know, an honor and just an awesome thing to do. Um, but um, even since then, I, you know, um, I think uh, saying, you know, what, um, let's see, fast forward, we, you know, we, uh, Lord brought in some other people, uh, some, uh, you know, veterans in the, in the TV ministry, the, with KCM and others. Uh, just people that just took me under their wing, and I'd just call them up and say, hey, what's this, you know, and and I and, uh, would was able to lean against, you know, on them. But he brought people, you know, to take me further by me. I knew nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's an industry. At the time, so you know, we had been doing TV at Brother Copeland's, and uh, so and Brother Copeland was bringing his crew to Branson at the time, and he met Johnny Hill, yes. and Johnny and him became really good friends. I mean, they're still friends to this day. He, so, I call him my father in the video faith. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, you know, so they they helped they helped me big time, which I mean that's a grace in itself. And um, uh, about so we started the TV ministry in in 2004, about September, the end of September, beginning of October. Well, at the end of October after getting, you know, started, you know, getting into that. And I've never directed, I've never, you know, done any of this stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I started, so I started getting involved, you know, was from the first start directing and, and really grew. And the whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, I am anointed to do this. I'm graced to do this. And, you know, we had some issues at first. We're like, okay, how do we get intercom to this camera? And, and how do we do this? And I'd, Lord, show me, pull this card out, switch this, I'd, you know, you know, which is, that's a lot to do. I mean, you don't just take, you know, you got, you know, multi, you know, $40,000 cameras or whatever, how, how much ever they are, and you pull pull something out of it, you want to make sure you know what you're doing. But Lord was Lord was gracious and, and would show me what to do and, uh, you know, wasn't afraid to do it, you know, well, with, with fear and reverence I did, but, um, um, but, Shortly after we started the TV ministry, um, about almost a month later is when I met or started dating my now wife, Cassie. And uh, so once got in that spot, that's when we met. And yeah, about, you know, a little, little less than a year later, we got married. And, and she can probably attest our first year of marriage. You know, I'm still a year or two in, in TV. And she probably frustrated her several nights. I'm on, we, we, we got a laptop and I'm, I'm on the Internet still just researching on TV stuff and just and, and growing in it, and even to this day, I, you know, still growing in it. It's just something still continue at. Um, but um, uh, you know, that was something that probably was a little frustration at first for our first year of marriage. But you know, um, it was uh, something something we grew at. So yes, yes, amen. 
Well, I wanted to, him to share that with you. How old were you when you first started? I think I was 24 when I first started on staff, maybe 26 or 7, when, 26 when we started the TV. 24 years old. So that means you can start young, and the Lord can start using you very, very young to do some things. And um, you don't have to spend 14 years in college in order to accomplish what the Lord wants you to do. You have to be obedient to what He wants you to do. Do you understand that? You have to be willing to listen to what He wants you to do, and you have to be willing to apply yourself to what He wants you to do. And I don't know if he remembers it as clearly as I do, but when I hired him, I asked him about doing the graphics, and he said, I don't know. I think I just want to do youth. So he had to to be willing to make an adjustment in his heart to not do what he wanted to do to do what the Lord wanted him to do. And I remember that very vividly because that's one of the things that, um, to me, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, gave him more favor with me, is that he was willing to do whatever God wanted him to do at the time. It wasn't just what his flesh wanted to do or what he thought he wanted to do or what he thought God wanted him to do. He was willing to do what needed to be done at the time. And then if God could use him to do that later on, we didn't even have a youth group at the time that he started. We had just started the church. I mean, we were like day one with the church. And the reason that we needed the newspaper article is because the people that we were buying the church from had freely given us the newspaper ad, and we needed it the next day. And he he did it the next day, for the next day, I think. And so it was just a, a supernatural blessing for us. And they have been... Both he and his wife, and he he married Cassie, and she became a supernatural blessing to us. And their three kids have been a blessing to us. And if you haven't met them, you should meet them sometime. Um, But one reason that I wanted to to tell you that is because people come to us all the time. And they come to us with these ideas of what they think they are called to do. And unwilling to take a step in any direction about what they are supposed to do, you know. And uh, the Lord will lay it on my heart. I remember they're not here. They're in in, um, uh, Branson, so I can't swap because here's my TV swapper um, right now. But I may at some point, maybe another time we'll do it. But um, uh, James and Esther came to us, and they had something else on their mind, and they were going to never have kids. And I walked past them one day, and um, they, they were standing there, and I said, you guys need to work in kids. And they were like, you know, because James said he was never going to have any kids. And if you know them at all, um, they, Charity, stand up. Is that correct? That's her sister. Okay. That's abs- they were never going to have any kids. And she stay- keep standing up to see if I can get it right. She can correct me if I'm wrong. Because sometimes you remember details wrong. And uh, um, so I walked past them. I said, you guys need to go and work in kids. And they just kind of looked at me and they said, uh, yes, ma'am. And they went to work in kids, and they'd worked in there how many years before? It, ha- it was about, I think, three, three years. And James fell in love with this little two-year-old, a little two-year-old that was in there, and they decided to have kids. And lo and behold, they had a little girl, just like this little girl that they fell in love with. And they were never going to have kids. Well, then a few years ago, all of a sudden, they got this wild idea 
that they were supposed to move back to California. They loaded up. They was doing all this stuff. And I told them, I said, go check it out, but I don't think so. They went out there. They came back. And they said, Mrs. Moore, we would have missed it so bad. And I was going to let them tell the testimony, and they will sometimes. We would have missed it so bad had we have done that. Because right after that, everything in California closed down for COVID for almost two years. And they wouldn't have had any money. They wouldn't have got paid. They wouldn't have been able to do anything. It would have just been a mess for them. Now, that's the Lord sparing them. Now, Michaela, come up here just a minute. Thanks, Deb. You can sit down if you want to, and, and I'll have Michaela come up here. Yeah, either one, that's fine, right there. If, you want, if you're more comfortable over there, it doesn't matter. They can look at your pretty face. Or you can go back in TV. Go back in TV. We might need you up there. Um, this is Michaela. Come over here so they can see you real good. She's embarrassed. She just, she just this minute ran as fast as she everly could from the hangar here and changed clothes so she could get here, and I put her on the spot. So she didn't know she was going to do this because I don't like to tell people a lot in advance because they get too nervous sometimes, especially if they've never been up here. So was it you that told me, Jason, that she was going to be leaving for military stuff? Yes. And that she was doing it like the next day? Yes. Okay. Um, Jason works for us at the house. And he told me, did you hear that um, Michaela is signing up tomorrow and she's going to leave for, was it, what was it? It was like, But what, what military branch? Oh, um. It was the Air Force. She was going into the Air Force. And uh, she was going like the next day to sign her papers yep. and leaving. And I found out about it that day on a Sunday, I think. Saturday or Sunday. And um, I came to church. And I don't usually try to meet with people after church because you're already tired. They're tired. They have plans. I tried to avoid that. And so, um, but it just dropped in my heart. You have to do this now. It was like an urgency. You have to do this now. And so I got her in there. Did I, you did, yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't been around her a lot at that point in time. But this is what I want you to know about her. And then I'm going to let her tell some things. Um, she started here. When did you guys start here? Uh, the beginning, 2012. 2012. And immediately you started on the clean team. Correct me on anything I'm wrong. Yep. Immediately. And how far, how long did you guys have to drive to get here for clean team? Uh, two hours. Two one, hours? Yeah, two hours one way and then two hours back. For clean team. Now, you can't be bothered with that. Got it? Two hours for clean team. And then... She signed up, and she got on sound. How long after that did you get on sound? Like uh, when we started? Yeah. I think it was uh, a couple years okay, so before I started. Uh, like a couple of years after that, she got on sound, and they moved closer in. We did. We, we traveled for about a year and a half, two hours, uh, for clean team, and then we would come to church as well. And got here early enough to serve? Yes. And how much earlier does people have to be here to serve? Uh, I believe it's two hours earlier, I think. <laughs> so do you understand why I'm getting at this? The only reason that the Lord would care to drop it in my heart and that I would even know is because of faithfulness. Yeah. 
Now let me stand right there. She's so pretty. Or she could sit right here if you'd rather sit. She's single too. <laughs> no. Jason Thank says, you. no, she's not. No. <laughs> He's giving me the evil eye back there. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, Luke 16.10 says this. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is faithful in the unjust is faithful in... Wait a minute, I'm getting this wrong. And he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in the much. So faithfulness means remaining loyal and steadfast. Okay? Now, it also says this in the NIV. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Trustworthy is able to be relied on as honest and truthful. Now, after she had done that for a little bit, she started doing sound. She was Y'all probably remember her being back here at the sound booth for a long time, right? How many of you remember? Absolutely. How old are you? 24. 24. So that means she was even younger then. I think I, think I started when I was 18. 18. Okay. So then she started in sound. Now she, you, the reason you don't see her at this booth is because she's up in TV sound. Running TV sound. She's here every Thursday, and she's here every Friday, and she's here every Sunday. And I don't remember that she's ever missed. And so the reason that I'm telling you all that is not to glorify her, but to tell you why that the Lord would deal with me to, when I heard that, to instantly say, wait a minute, something's not right here. And a rest came in my heart. Is she supposed to do this? I began to pray about it as soon as, I, as soon as he told me. I began to pray. Now, will I pray for you? If I know you. If I know you exist. If I've seen you around. If you've been faithful. Do you understand? I'd like to say I know everybody exists. I just know some people better than others because I've seen them here and I've seen them there and I get pictures of who's on the clean team and I, and I put them in front of my face and I pray for them and I say, send me... They can tell you everybody that's on staff. Every time they send me something, what do I say? Send me a picture. Every time they send me something about somebody, I say, send me a picture because I want that face going with that name. So where's the problem? If you've never served anywhere, guess what? I don't have a picture. It's not that I don't love you, I do. It's just hard for the Lord to be able to quicken me and say, do this. 
It's not that I don't want to. I do. It's not that we don't want to. We do. Okay, so but let me get back to this. So I called her in there and I said, where are you going? What did you say? I said, I'm uh, going into the Air Force. And I said, why? And she I think, said? I think I said, because that's where, you know, I want to go. It's what I want to do. And I said, what part of it do you want to do? And I said, I want to work on planes, be around planes. Did a link drop in my heart? I have never hired anybody at the hangar except for I run it through who? Brother Keith. That's kind of his baby, right? I instantly asked her what? If I wanted to come out there and work, you know, um, be around planes, help out, do whatever, you know. And um, I don't know if Jeremiah's in here right now because he's probably out there. Jeremiah, did you make it? I, I don't think he did. I, I, he probably didn't because they were getting them off this morning. Okay. And um, she started immediately. She didn't go in the military, and she's here, and now they're working on getting your what? My A&P license. Are you happy you didn't go in the military? Yes, I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only reason that I'm telling this about her is because... I believe that God has that for everyone. And it's not about just going in the ministry. Do you understand that? It's not about you just being here with us. It's about God's plan for your life. And it's about God leading you where He wants to lead you. It's about you being where He wants to lead you. Do you believe... How many of you will be honest and say, I just wonder if He'd have led her to do that if they wouldn't have driven two hours to get to the clean team? How many of you believe and if she wouldn't have started volunteering coming every Thursday or every time they had to get ready for week of increase, week after week for sound and showing up all the time? Janet, Sky, what do y'all think? Ha-ha. <laughs> They're laughing over there because they know how faithful she is, how faithful Jason is. These young guys. And people tell me all the time, thank you, Michaela, people tell me all the time how unfaithful our young people are. I'll take 10 young people over 20 older people. And I don't mean that ugly, but you see them. You see what he was. I don't want people that get set in their ways that they don't want to change anything. We could use some stepping up with some middle-aged. We could use some stepping up of some seniors. You say, well, I can't because I've got... My kids, and I've got my, my uh, uh, health issues, and I've got my... But guys, it's time that we start taking steps to correct those things. Instead of seeing, like I said, that person that called me and said, you know, um, I see myself doing this. How many of you have seen yourself years ago doing something that you're not doing today? Or having something that you don't have today. Exactly. We need to start getting there. Start taking the steps back in the direction that we need to go. We need to start doing the tiny steps of the things. And sometimes it's not convenient. 
Because the devil doesn't want us to have it. So we'll start taking the tiny steps of driving two hours to do what the Lord... And I'm not saying that it's necessarily here. Maybe there's somebody that you know in the church. They're having chemo. Maybe they need a ride. Or maybe it's your neighbor. Or maybe it's your, your, the grandma in the neighborhood that needs somebody to go buy her groceries. We've got to start taking the steps that the Lord leads us instead of just being so selfish into the areas that we only have time to think about ourselves. If we continue on these steps, we're never going to get where we're supposed to go. Now, I told you I'd remind you about Keith and I. I think you've all heard the stories. The Lord dealt with us to take steps. Let me remind you of this one before I go there. How many of you remember I told you about Abraham offering up Isaac? Do you know that we call Abraham the father of what? The father of what? Faith. I wonder if he hadn't been willing to offer Isaac if we could still call him the father of faith. But do you know how he got to the point where he could offer Isaac without question? He took steps. What was the first thing he did? He left his father's house. Now, there's a lot of us that were unwilling to leave father's house. There's a lot of us that are unwilling to leave where we were told to leave. There's a lot of us that are unwilling to stay where we're told to stay. It gets hot in the kitchen and we run. There's a lot of people that's 30 years old still living with mom and daddy. We have got to be willing to find out what the Lord's saying. Do you know what I think the greatest deficiency in the body of Christ is today? Anybody want to guess? Let's, let's play guessing games. People that will get on their knees and pray in the Spirit. It's a deficiency. You will never be strong enough to do anything for the Lord until your spirit man is strong enough. People are trying to do everything by the flesh. And they're not strong enough. God never intended us to be doing everything by our own will and our own strength. Jude 20 tells us, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to tell you you need to pray four hours a day, which would be outstanding for you if you do that once a month. Amen. 
Even once a year. Even once every five years. Even once every ten years. But if you would even pray five whole minutes, set you a time watch. And pray five whole minutes in the Spirit. Every day. How many of you have watched TV for five minutes? Which do you think is more vital to you? Which do you think will help you to know the will of the Lord more? Which do you think will help you to overcome stuff more? That's our first step. There's no need in us trying to take any other steps because we're not strong enough. What will happen is you will try to take a step and you'll be defeated and you won't try to take another one. And the devil will come and sit on top of you and say, look at you, you tried, look at you. How many times have you tried that and you're defeated? You just ought to quit trying. It's useless. God doesn't help. He's not really there. He doesn't really love you. He helps them, but he doesn't really help you. He won't really help you. They're more spiritual than you are. You don't know them. You don't know what battle they're raging in their heart. The only way that you are going to overcome something, the only way is if you build up in here instead of up here. Because the devil's really good with this mind stuff. He's really good playing in this mind game stuff. And he'll play, he'll play your mind games all you want to play. And he'll convince you of stuff. The minute that you start making good confessions, he'll tell you a million reasons why it won't work. But the only way that you can combat that is by getting built up in here. How many of you in here would make a commitment to pray. Now, don't raise, your, don't raise your hand yet. You don't even know what I'm going to ask, so you better not raise your hand yet. <laughs> to pray. Get your phone out. Every person in here, get your phone out. Everybody in here has got a phone. Get your phone out. Get your phone out. Set you an alarm to get up five minutes earlier. If you're with your spouse in the bed, find you a place, five minutes, go in your bathroom, shut the door. Five minutes. Five minutes, that's all I'm going to ask of you. Five minutes in the Spirit. Now, five minutes can go pretty fast. If I was to preach five minutes after 12, (laughs) you wouldn't even notice it. You thought I was going to say the other. Five minutes. Janet and I and two other people used to pray every Thursday. How long did we pray, Janet? 
half a day or something, several hours or something like that. Yeah, we'd start like at 10 and go to 12 or something like that. And we just prayed in the Spirit. Half the time we didn't even know what we were praying about. I missed that. I mean, I do it by myself now, but there's certain things sometimes it would be good if you could have. But a lot of times people talk. And we do prayer around here on Wednesday night. A lot of times I look at the numbers, 30 people. And I think, I know this is going on with them. And I know this is going on with them. And I know this is going on with them. And I know this is going on with them and their lives. And they want us to fix it for them. And I know they're broke. And I know their kids are doing this. And I know this is happening with them. And do you know that you can want something for someone more than they want it for themselves? And if you're unwilling to pray five minutes a day about your situation, you don't want it very bad. You can pretend like you want it, but you don't. If you don't want it bad enough to pray in the Spirit for five minutes every day. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please help me. No. I'm talking about praying in the Spirit, which we're going to do here in just a second. For five, you'll get your Sunday in. (laughs) I don't want to trust that you're going to go home and do it today. We're going to do it for five whole minutes today. You will find, in the beginning, it will seem like it's doing you absolutely no good. You'll think, well, that was a wasted five minutes. And who told you that? You know why he told you that? Because he didn't understand one thing you just did. And he didn't like it. But the Lord likes it. And if all you're doing all that time is just worshiping him for five whole minutes, what a great builder upper on the inside of you to start taking your steps to accomplish what God's called you to do. You may have even forgotten what God called you to do. But you have a gift. And I've got it down on here. If it's just exhorting, then you exhort somebody. Exhorting means to encourage somebody. Maybe your just gift is just to walk up to somebody. Maybe I see Gypsy on the street and I say, Gypsy, you look great today. Maybe that's all of my gift. Maybe it is teaching. Maybe it's administration. Maybe it's loving. Maybe you're the best husband in the whole wide world and you could teach other husbands how to be a good husband. And every husband in here was quiet and didn't say a word. (laughs) Let's try that one more time. That was a great place for every husband to say amen, okay? Maybe you're the best husband in the world and you could teach all the other husbands to be a great husband. That's a good confession, guys. Yes, it's a good confession. 
you know? Or maybe you're prosperous and you could teach everybody else how to become prosperous. Amen. See, I got that one, okay? Or maybe, maybe you're a great mom and maybe there's young people having babies. You know, the Bible says that the elder should teach the younger. We're missing out on a lot of stuff that we should have in the church because everybody's so involved in thinking about themselves. You know, I look at Ethan and Rachel, you know, and, and they should have some 20 grandparents ready to say, I'll help you today, I'll help you tomorrow, I'll help you the next day, I'll help you the next day. But no, everybody's just ready to stay home. I'm tired. I don't have time to fool with this. And the reason that I say that is because what does Rachel do? Rachel helps me. And what do I do? I do ministry. Get the line? But everybody's too busy doing their own thing. They don't have time to do what the Lord's called them to do. And you think, well, babysitting is not... Ministry? Oh. Oh. If Rachel helps me, it's not ministry? I think it is. I think she's a blessing of the Lord. And it's the same thing with you. There's mothers in here that are good mothers. They don't, they don't require that their husbands bow down to them and they can take care of the kids and the husband works and, you know, they have a good marriage, you know? They should be able to teach this to the young mothers and stuff in here. Steps. We should have a church that is what the Bible talks about. That everybody's ready to do their thing. But the only way we can do that is if we get built up. Because if we have so many problems our own selves, if we're all so sick we can't get better, we all have everything going wrong with us that we don't have any money that we have to charge everybody for everything. But if we can say, you know what, I'm so rich. Who's seen that movie Forrest Gump? Because I was a gazillionaire, I just cut that grass for free. (laughs) You remember that? You could be a gazillionaire and you could just do stuff for people for free. Because you got built up in your heart and you invested it the right place or you did this the right way. and, And the Lord can prosper you and He can show you what to do and you can just help people every which way. Oh, I got enough gas to take you to get chemo for free. Reckon how many people we'd have in this church if we start helping all of our neighbors that way. But we start by praying in the Spirit so that we can get built up on the inside so that the Lord can show us. You see that piece of land over there? Go buy it. And in, in six months, it's going to triple in price. You understand that? Yeah. Oh, it, it cost $1,000. Okay, that's no problem. I'll send such and such by you at church on Sunday to give you the money you need to buy it. All right. See, we've limited our thinking. Right. The Lord can do anything we need Him to do. 
But we got to work with him. We got to work with him. We got to be willing to take those steps. And the first one is what? Praying in the Spirit. Okay? So let's stand up. Now, I want to see a show of hands. And don't raise your hand.